0: Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. Caitlin here, and Jessica, and we are excited. This is part two about getting your students engaged, right? Yes, I
1: love this topic. By the way,
0: totally, it's so fun. I feel like I, we always say this: like engagement and rigor are two things that we just pride ourselves on. That is like a core value of what we do at EB Academics, and so talking about you know, engagement is the fun part about it. <laughs> right. It
1: is. Yeah. Rigor is important. Of course, but engagement, it's just like exciting and gets you inspired to teach.
0: So yeah, Absolutely. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, that's last week's podcast episode, which is episode number 80. And basically we're taking four of the writing standards for um, English language arts, for common core state standards for ELA. Last week we talked about two, this week we're talking about two more, and we actually have a free writing guide that covers all of the things that we're talking about. Um, So we have all four of the ones that we've covered on these two podcast episodes, but we include the six other standards as well, different ideas that you can use with your students, you know, what that actually looks like in practice in your classroom for each of those standards. So it's really about like looking at the standards, what does that mean, how do we break it down, and how do we make it engaging for our students? So that free writing guide, you can grab at evacademics.com forward slash writing guide, and it's just a great like printout to just keep on hand all the time.
1: Yes, I know we said this last time too, but there's pictures that are so helpful for you to just visualize what we're talking about. If we're a little unclear, you know, when we're sharing it over a podcast, but it's just such a helpful guide. I love this resource.
0: Yes. So with that being said, let's dive into the two standards that we'll be talking about today. So we're focusing specifically on writing um, in this episode and last week's episode. So standard number four is the standard that we'll be talking about for Common Core ELA. And this standard for writing, if you're not familiar with it, this anchor standard is to produce clear and coherent writing in which the development, organization, and style are appropriate to task, purpose, and audience. And when we were talking about this, Jessica was like, this is my favorite one.
1: (laughs) It is, and I'll I'll tell you why. It's because it can and should be used with every single writing assignment you are giving your students. It's such a broad standard if you really look at it, right? It just tells them that they need to be clear and appropriate with what they're writing about and who they're writing for. So no matter what you're giving them, you're addressing the standard. So we'll talk about that here. And really what's important is you're giving them a variety of audiences to write to, so you need to give students a variety of writing assignments or mm-hmm. activities. So when we share these ideas, you'll see that you know they're not all an evidence-based essay. There's a time and a place for that, but you can also apply poetry here. So I know Caitlin and I both love to do this activity and we, um, we'll get into it right now, actually.
0: Yeah, let's just- So blackout it. poetry,
1: <laughs> yeah. Have your students create blackout poetry, right? That's a very different task for them and a different purpose. It's so much fun for them. So they're going to take a text that you're reading, a novel, a short story, whatever it is you're doing, and they're going to take an excerpt from it or you can give it to them. And students have to pay close attention to the dynamic word choice within the text. And then they have to pick 20 words, 15 words, whatever number you tell them. And they have to create a piece of original poetry that conveys a central theme from the text you gave them. So it's in a way analyzing the piece of literature that you're giving them. I guess you could do it with an informational text too, but it oh, works right. better with literature.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, so it, they're conveying that central theme that they come up with, but it's encouraging them to slow down, take their time, really pinpoint words that resonate with them. And then they have to create clear and coherent writing. It's actually really challenging to create a blackout poem that only has 20 words, right? Or 30 words and to get your message across. So I love this activity. And if you're not familiar with it, right, they have their excerpt and they literally circle the words they like to create strong poem, and then they black out every single other word. And you can get really creative with this. If you Google it, you can find such cool images of, you know, very artistic blackout poems, but you can also keep it really simple and just black out the words. So I love this activity.
0: Yeah, it really is such a great activity. Like on the surface, when you're thinking about it, you might think to yourself, that's so easy. They're just picking words and they're putting a poem together. And in actuality, you know, if we're doing this properly with our students, it's so much more than that, you know, to really have, our students looking closely at their word choice, like really, truly scrutinizing, hey, how does this word fit into the overall theme that I'm trying to portray? That is a challenging task for them. And I think that we just have to make that very clear with this type of activity. We're not just picking, you know, flippantly random words from this excerpt and putting something together. It's right. purposeful. It's meaningful. And so when we come at it from that perspective of that rigor, incorporated to the fun component of it. It's a really powerful activity for kids. And so to talk about this in distance learning, um, we actually, we have some blackout poetry activities in our bell ringers. So if you have any of our bell ringers, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, I think all have a blackout poetry aspect. Definitely. And so basically what we have our students do is they just highlight the words that they want to include in their blackout poem. So like physically in Google Slides or Google Docs or however you're setting it up, they highlight the words that they want to include. And then they black out the rest of the words. So if you're not familiar, you can literally just select text and black everything out. And then they're left with those original words that they highlighted. And they can obviously unhighlight them and keep them in white. So it really does look like what they would be producing if they were writing it in class. And of course, there are other ways that they can do this. But that's the simplest way Mm -hmm. to just take that digital. And so don't feel like you can't do something like this, even if we're in a remote learning environment.
1: And I love that, like keep it simple, keep it easy, and students will be engaged in their learning even if they're working from home.
0: Yeah, just because it's easy for you to maybe put together doesn't mean that it's not meaningful and that it's not you know, fantastic to be using with them.
1: And I know we've said this before in just other trainings or with our own EB teachers, but rinse and repeat these activities. If you do it one time with one text, Go ahead and repeat it with a different piece of literature a month later. Students enjoy that. They like these kind of activities. So don't feel bad about reusing them and, again, keeping it easy over distance learning.
0: Yes, absolutely. So then the second point that we wanted to talk about for this particular standard that you can do, and, of course, like Jessica said, there are a multitude of standards that you can use. It's not, or I'm sorry, activities that activities, you can use. Activities, yeah. To meet this standard this covers such a wide array of things that we're doing in our classroom but one of the other ones that we just love doing in class is silent discussions with our students and so this can have our students you know we can ask questions that talk about setting that talk about plot that talk about characters the central idea supporting evidence all kinds of aspects of what we're required to teach as ela teachers in a simple silent discussion and so when we're doing this in class you know you might just have some butcher paper and you hang it up around your classroom with the different questions on each piece of butcher paper and students take a different color with them and they answer each of the the discussion questions and then we obviously require them to respond to classmates answers as well so that they really are having that silent discussion back and forth and so right okay. Yeah, I know you want to say something. I can see it. In well, your- I
1: was going to say that <laughs> this is a great alternative if you're used to doing Socratic seminars or you know just like more oral discussions, right? Kids love this because it switches things up and they're still really like actively engaged, but doing, again, rigorous work. So they're citing evidence, they're providing justification and they're building on each other's points. Like you said, we require them to respond to their classmates. But what I think is also key is, you know, if you're in the classroom physically doing this, is that you as the teacher participate. They love to respond to you or if you, you know, respond to their question. doesn't matter if they're 14, 13, whatever age, they love that. And it really does keep them engaged. And it's just a fun activity to use with any short story, any novel again. And it's a great way to hit the standards because their audience in this case is their classmates, that's who's reading their work. And that's kind of a nice change of pace than just turning in an essay. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking to yourself here, like they really are in a way writing an essay, they're using mm-hmm. that evidence, they're using that justification. So again, it's a great task, but the purpose in the audience is different.
0: Yeah, and I think it's a, a special activity to use too for our students who in Socratic seminar, maybe just have a really hard time, you know, like yep. they have great ideas, but they're just shy. So for them to even say, one sentence you know is huge that maybe we're not even asking that particular student to be able to take the justification all the way home like the whole nine yards the fact that they're just participating in a seminar is huge but in this case that student who maybe is shy who maybe doesn't want to participate is able to eloquently share those beautiful ideas that they have in a just a very different medium that we're giving them to do so in terms of doing this digitally if we're talking remote distance learning. Um, You can absolutely do this in Google Classroom. You know, you can just use your Google Stream. You can set up an assignment. You can have students responding on slides, like get creative with how you want to set it up or Keep it really simple. Just mm-hmm. set it up in Google Slides or Google Docs, you know, one question per Google Doc and have students respond to each other there. That would work. Or literally in your stream in Google Classroom is totally fine as well. You can get creative and use things like, um, Jessica, what, why can't I think of what it's called now? I wanna say Flipgrid, but that's not what it is. Padlet. Uh, <laughs> thank you. I always, for some reason, can <laughs> use <laughs> too. Um, something like that, you know, but again, if you wanna take it to another level with creativity, Of course, you can do something like that. But if you're the person who's like, I just want to implement this, I can't deal with the tech, just do something super simple like a Google Doc. So no pressure to be insane with setting it up (laughs) because it's about your students participating and talking to each other via tech, like uh, typing with each other, right? Exactly. That is the key way to hit the standard. Yes. So moving into standard number five for writing, this one is to develop and strengthen writing as needed by planning, revising, editing, rewriting, or trying a new approach. So Jess, you want to take us into this one?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I know Caitlin is in agreement with me here. We used to hate Peer editing day or revising day before we did what we're about to share. And that's because it was a waste of everyone's time and all students would write is good job or there's nothing I need to change on my partner's paper. So it was just like, again, a
0: waste of time. And I want to say one other thing about that too, is it's so boring. Like think about for us as teachers, how challenging it is to sit down and grade a pile of essays for 45 minutes and, you know, you get, through I, I don't know about you, but I would be like, okay, I'm going to do five essays and then I'm going to reward myself with a piece uh-huh. of candy or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. And so if we're asking our students who are 12, 13, 14 years old to sit in class for 45 minutes, revising each other's papers, holy cow, that is just killing their souls with boredom. Right. And so if we do, <laughs> exactly. So if we do this instead, what we're going to talk about, it is not at all boring In that capacity. So go let's share. Tell them what it is.
1: Okay. So instead of just your old peer editing day, what you're gonna do is set up peer editing stations. So if you are in the classroom, this works for revising and editing as well. You're gonna have different stations set up around your classroom, and it's gonna be a meaningful and valuable use of everyone's time. At each station, you're gonna have a very explicit task for students to complete. So let's say Caitlin and I are participating in this activity, right? And I have Caitlin's paper. going to read through her paper i'm going to go visit station number one and there is going to be a very specific task for me to do maybe i'm looking let's say it's a narrative maybe i'm looking through her paper and i am focused just on the lead and i have to identify what the lead is and i have to write if it's a strong lead or maybe she could have tried a different type of lead so i do that task i move on to the next station and at that station it's having me focus on dialogue so now i'm checking to see if she um, had correct punctuation for the dialogue or could she have? You know, a stronger word choice in her dialogue, whatever it is. But I'm because I'm so focused, I'm able to offer her such meaningful feedback instead of just saying, oh, she did a good job. It was fine. So, peer editing stations or revising stations, they are a game changer. Try them in your classroom and they absolutely can be done digitally. We've done it before with our teachers.
0: Yeah. And so the way that you can set this up digitally, so there are all different kinds of ways that you can edit digitally, depending on if you're using Google Classroom or Microsoft Teams or whatever it may be. Um, But in terms of Google Classroom, if you actually go listen to, I think it's episode 78 with Shana um, Ramin from Hello Teacher Lady. We talked about leaving digital feedback in Google Classroom and kind of what that looks like. And so she shared some ways as teachers that we can leave digital feedback but we can also teach our students how to leave digital feedback in that same way so maybe students are you know typing into the comment section of a google doc their feedback based on a peer editing station that we're providing for them in google slides so maybe the google slides have all six stations just listed in the slides you know each station for per, per slide they have that pulled up in one window they have their student or their peers uh, paper in another window and they're going through the stations that way. Or you can have students do breakout rooms in whatever you know online uh, video conferencing tool you're using. So there are just all kinds of different ways to kind of adapt this, but I would highly suggest going back and listening to episode seventy eight, even if you've already listened to it, Listen to it again through the lens of a student, like how can you take some of these ideas and adapt them to your students for your students' use in something like this with peer editing because we don't want to lose this, right? This is a standard that we have to hit. So just because we are in distance learning, maybe you are in the classroom, and so what I'm saying doesn't apply to you, but even if we are in distance learning, we still need to hit this standard. And something else that I want to point out that I actually think is cool is at least for me, leaving digital feedback as a teacher is so much faster than leaving feedback written on a student's paper. And so if you're, for your students, maybe that's going to be a thing that you want to bring into your classroom, even if you're not doing distance learning and remote learning. This might just be something you want to try to bring into your classroom as well. So make sure you listen to that episode to kind of bring this full circle with this particular standard.
1: Great ideas! I think um, that episode has been getting lots of good feedback too
0: from teachers yes. we heard in our Facebook group. So if you haven't, definitely check it out. Totally. Um, so those are the two standards that we wanted to cover with you today. So writing. Uh, four and writing five common core state standard for ELA. That's what we're focused on. And so again, if you didn't get a chance to listen to episode 80, which is part one, make sure you go back, listen to that. That was last week's episode and then grab the free writing guide that has the six other standards for writing these same ideas, pictures. You can really see what it looks like in your classroom and take a lot of these into your classroom. So that is ebacademics.com forward slash writing guide. So I think that's it for this episode. That is yes. And next week we are talking about,
1: we're going to share with you ways you can keep your students engaged specifically if you're teaching remotely. So we've got some new ones to share with you. So stay
0: tuned. Yay. We're excited for that episode. Have a great day. You guys or a great week. We're wishing you all well, and we hope you have a wonderful school year. We appreciate you coming and joining us every Tuesday on the podcast. Um, it's something that we love to do. It, it's such a, a joy to sit here and talk about English with Jessica for 20 it minutes every done. time we sit down to record a podcast episode. Um, so if you are loving it, I would we would love for you to leave a review for us on iTunes. It would mean so much to us. I just love reading some of the reviews. They make me laugh. Um, I think we got one a couple of weeks ago from someone saying these young whippersnappers, like I just love <laughs> their ideas. And it was just the highlight of my day when I read that. That is uh, such a great word. Like word a of the day. <laughs> All right, everyone, have a good one, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys.